everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you join us on the most mouth-watering radio show in town, where we spice up your airwaves and tickle your taste buds. Did you know that China has become the ultimate foodie haven, snagging the title of the world's biggest food importer? You won't believe the numbers or the flavors hitting Chinese dinner tables. And it's not just a meal; it's a world tour on a plate. So get ready to salivate. We're cooking up a storm and serving it right into your ears. For today's program, I'm joined by Li Yi in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show, heading to the supermarket. How many types of imported foods can you find on the shelves? Chilean cherries, Argentine beef, Ecuadorian prawns. French red wine, New Zealand milk. More and more imported foods are making their way into the Chinese market, landing on family dinner tables. According to the World Trade Organization, or WTO, China is the world's largest food importing country. Behind vast trade volumes, it is not only the increase in quantity, but also an upgrade in quality and a driving trend. As we want. Through the aisles of international yumminess, the excitement is real. The flavors are wild, and the stats are jaw-dropping. And Li Yi will tell us the stats. Yes, as you said, China is the largest food importer in the world. And actually, in the past decade, I would say China's food imports have increased significantly. First, let's look at an industry report to have a clear picture of how this industry has been growing in China. This report is called 2023 China Food Import Report, which is released in November by China Chamber of Commerce of Import and Export of Foodstuffs Native. Produce and animal byproducts. So the report said China's food import value has grown steadily in recent years, with China customs data showing that the average compound annual growth rate reached 12.3 percent from 2013 to 2022. And in 2022, the total import value of China was nearly 140 billion U.S. dollars, to be more exactly,、mm. 139.62 billion U.S. dollars. And this year, the nation's total food import value is predicted to reach 140 billion U.S. dollars. So that is the current size of the overall imported food industry of China. Yes, indeed. And Josh, what are the six categories of imported foods that China consumes the most? 
Well, the same report revealed that in 2022, China's top six imported food categories were, in descending order, meat and meat products, cereals and cereal products, aquatic products, fruits and fruit products, dairy products, and vegetable oils. The import values for each of these categories exceeded $10 billion, that's 71 billion yuan, reaching $31.51 billion, $19.78 billion, $19.38 billion, $15 billion, $13.93, and $10.83 billion, respectively. Collectively, accounting for 79.1% of China's total food imports. Those are a lot of big numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of difficult to fathom what do they mean or uh, to visualize their impact. Also, just to provide more figures, I suppose. But it really shocked me that last year, apparently, Chinese consumers ate 20 million coconuts straight from Thailand and more than 2 million lobsters from Boston. And these are some huge numbers that's worth our attention. And where do these imported foods come from? Well, the top two source countries by import value are the United States and Brazil, which respectively account for 12.1% and 9.2% of China's total global food imports, followed by New Zealand in third place with 7.8%. And particularly, I would say imports of food and agricultural produce from the BRICS countries, meaning Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, have experienced rapid growth in in recent years. A report on food imports by China from BRICS countries in 2022, which was released at the 2023 China Import Food Summit, shows that imports by China from BRICS countries last year rose by 15% compared with 2021, and that represents 31% of China's total food imports. The main import categories include soybeans, meats, and meat products, aquatic products, vegetable oils, and greens. Yes. Well, while looking at all these facts and figures, Josh, what do you see as sort of the biggest takeaway when all of this economic activity is happening between China and its trade partners? Well, I think for a long time, China has been quite dominant as an importer and exporter nation, right? And I think that this has been a massive driving force behind the country's foreign policy um, and international relations, at least if I'm talking about it from the British standpoint or any other country's standpoint, I think that it is a massive driving factor, arguably one of the most important factors, because as China continues to strengthen um, its imports and export movements, it's also strengthening its economic ties with other countries. And I think that through the establishment of global trade agreements and negotiations, which obviously comes with these exports and imports, um, things like the country's Belt and Road Initiative, um, you know, which was a massive infrastructure and investment project that spanned over 70 countries. I think all of these things are really testament to China's efforts to expand its global trade network and be cooperative. So I, I think that it's really important and really powerful. And I think a lot of people would even say that it defies words and language, you know, it's maybe even more important than that. So it's difficult to really put into words how important it is. 
Yeah, I think a food trade and like any other kind of trade has been continuing being like so prevalent on a global basis for a lot of years. I would say China, of course, is the biggest food importer on a global basis. But then I would say trade. Is the livelihood of global economy. I mean, with such kind of trade,、um, we can make sure that actually each country can maintain their comparative advantage in their own sector. For example, if country A is good at planting banana, and then country B is good at planting rice, and at, at the same time they also have surplus of their each produce, then they can just simply exchange food in this sense, and that makes sure they can be like more specialized with the. Progress of trade of international trade, and then that could also help to lower the food price. I would say on a global basis, and of course, food trade and also the food industry can also help to provide enough jobs for local people. That's the very important significance of food trade. I would say, and also for China, I would say, of course, China is a big country with huge population, so food security is so important. So that's why we have always put like food as a Priority for countries' strategies. Yes, indeed, and、uh, certainly when you look at the world, having more of this trade of food and all kinds of goods, it means that countries exporting food products benefit from a diversified consumer base and. Reducing dependence on just a few key markets, and this helps to stabilize their economies and minimize vulnerability to economic downturns in specific regions. And also, it's possibly good for the supply chain resilience. The fact that China is sourcing food from various regions contributes to global supply chain resilience, and it encourages countries to enhance their agricultural production and efficiency to meet the demands of the world's most populous nation. And for Chinese consumers, I think this is very visible that you simply have so many more choices of. Goods from different countries and a variety of different foods, nutrients, and ingredients、uh, on our dinner tables. And one example I can give you here is that,、uh, well, I mentioned that in China there's this growing appetite for. Coconuts, and you can see this in restaurants as such. And、uh, so, taking these Thai coconuts as an example, which is one of the imported goods that we've seen a major rise in demand in China. Well, mature coconuts undergo an uninterrupted journey from the tree in Thailand to the factory port, and finally arrive in China. And basically, they undergo a scrupulous Customization process at the retail end,、uh, for instance, in let's say stores and retailers such as Hema. As such, there are chilled open coconuts in the summertime, coconut chicken hot pot base in the wintertime. Uh, feel free to visit those restaurants and specialty products such as coconut water. I know a lot of gym rats out there do enjoy this, and coconut milk and coconut lattes available all year round. And this is just one of the many examples of one imported food 
that has really enjoyed popularity in this country, and I would think this is also a big deal for the farmers and the agricultural source countries to uh, see that um, the revenue would be rolling in because there is this huge demand in a different country. So what are some of the other examples that you see the customers as well as the producers are enjoying? I would say one typical example is chocolate. Here in China, we're seeing, uh, especially young people, they're favoring imported chocolate more than ever. Uh, For example, like wedding candies, we have this wedding candies for each wedding ceremony. In China, you have to prepare certain, um, say, a box of candies for each guest who comes to your wedding ceremony. And usually you have to prepare for six or eight or 10 pieces of sugars or candies. And it it can be like fruit candy, soft candy or chocolate. I think before you see more domestic brands in terms of those candies when you attend wedding ceremonies. But now thinking about every wedding ceremony you go to in China, especially uh, in bigger cities, you will see much more foreign brands and uh, people are favoring those imported chocolate maybe because they're uh, better packages and uh, brand images and of course sometimes they are much more tasty so that's just one small example of how new generations of customers they are embracing imported food more than ever Mm -hmm. and uh, also according to data from Timo driven by various factors actually the sales growth rate of imported chocolates is three to four times that of other imported food. So Mm. that shows how popular like foreign and imported chocolate is among younger generations here in China. Yes, and also you mentioned that platform Tmall as an online marketplace. As we were doing research, I was quite shocked by another figure that apparently it has 300 million users on the platform Mm. and just try to imagine the amount of data that it amasses. So for the procure department of that particular company, it can really put its hands on the pulse of, let's say, 300 million consumers in China who are shopping for chocolate, coconuts, and different types of milk as such. So this is really a fascinating trade story as well as consumer choice story. And it's important to understand what do these people want? What are some of these changes and new trends that have emerged recently? Sure. Well, I think one interesting trend or change that we've seen recently is that the number of source countries for imported food has increased. It has diversified. And since the era of reform and opening up, China's sources of imported food have rapidly expanded with trading partners spanning six continents. In 1997, China imported food from 108 countries and regions. But in recent years, this number has risen to 185 countries and regions, covering 79.4% of countries and regions across the world. Also, the food import market is continually expanding. When examining the composition when examining the composition of food imports by source countries, except for Indonesia, the market shares of the top 10 sources 
countries in 1997 have experienced a certain degree of decline compared to 2018. The decreased market shares of the top 10 source countries in food imports have been replaced by other countries and regions, which indicates that the growing trend of China's food import market and the increasing diversity in the food import trade. And also my personal observance of this uh, imported food industry here in China is that I would say young people, they only care one thing when it comes to imported food. What is it? Taste. Whether it's tasty, that matters a lot. Especially consider we are having much more convenient channels for buying and also importing food from other countries. I mean, we have e-commerce platforms. We have all kinds of platforms where you can be reached to different brands from foreign countries. Mm. I think that won't be a problem or obstacle for people when it comes to choosing imported food. So they only care about taste, whether it's tasty and they want food who can represent the best taste from different countries. For example, they want maybe chips from Indonesia, they want cherries from Chile, and they want maybe nuts from Afghanistan, as long as it's the best food and no matter where it comes from and they want to get it because we can see that from the recent market trend actually Tmall supermarket which is a domestic e-commerce giant has introduced many imported snacks from ASEAN countries such as pastries and biscuits from Indonesia and Malaysia as well as nuts and dried fruits from Pakistan and Afghanistan I think these food retailers they are also trying to cater to new demand from younger generations of consumers uh, because as I would say young people they are more willing to embrace new brands compared to say older generations uh, if it is not really a generalization but I mean the availability of imported food has actually also impacted uh, people's uh, changing habit when it comes to choosing food and also we mentioned uh, Tmall right actually uh, data released by Tmall show that the sales of imported food on the platform surpassed 15 billion yuan that's about over 17 billion US dollars in the first three quarters of this year and I think that pretty much shows the huge potential of this imported food industry here in China and the Tmall's 2024 global direct procurement plan shows that the platform aims for sales of food imports to reach 10 billion yuan within one year. So I think with uh, living standards uh, being improved, uh, we are seeing literally a shift in people's dietary habits towards more diverse and uh, maybe more tasty and more, say, even healthier and sometimes more environmentally sustainable food choices. That's a really good point. And hold that thought because we'll come back to it in a sec. But certainly... It's very visible for Chinese consumers that there are all these choices available of great food from different countries. Also, they're becoming more affordable. Mm. I remember when I was a little girl visiting a supermarket in China, uh, in Beijing back then, it was like Christmas came early. You know, this is like a a big deal for us because back then there weren't many supermarkets, let's say, 25 years ago in this country and um, I remember visiting an aisle of imported goods and everything looked just very expensive Mm -hmm. but today the consumer sentiment is completely different Mm because 
first of all, there's more disposable income in your pocket, um, more choice, as well as the prices gone down. And I think that's a barrier to overcome for more consumers to be able to buy these goods and really enjoy them. And if you make a name for yourself with within the Chinese consumer base and just by the sheer volume of sales, it could be an act of, um, well, one, in theory, could make money hand over fist. Well, I think also the growing popularity of e-commerce, the, the massive popularity of e-commerce definitely had an effect on the importation of food products in China. Um, I think the impact was huge because these online shopping platforms made it much easier for consumers to access imported foods from around the world. In fact, they can just um, buy them themselves, you know, from abroad and they can be delivered to their door, you know, and a lot of the time it can cut out a lot of different middlemen. And so I think that this created more of a desire for imported food, for foreign um, produce. I think this is really significant, actually, and it created a massive market uh, that didn't exist before. Because I think before, as you said, Heyang, it was probably something that was pretty niche and pretty expensive and probably something that a lot of supermarkets didn't even see worth, in, worth investing too much in, right? So I think e-commerce as well has played a massive role here. Yes, indeed. And we see from figures gathered by these e-commerce platforms that there's this major awakening from Chinese consumers who want better and healthier options. And uh, I see that apparently um, one Argentine winemaker is now developing low-calorie wine and uh, alcoholic drinks because they want to cater towards the specific demand from the consumers in this country. So I find these things to be fascinating. Yes, and I agree with you in the sense that I would say people's dietary habits can have direct impact on food industry. And sometimes the impact might not be that obvious because food industries in many times are correlated with each other. Let me just give you one more example. I mean, over the past decade, actually, China's grain production has been increasing. Yet, China's grain imports also continue to rise. In 2021, the country produced a 600 80 million tons of grain, that's an increase of 70 million tons from 10 years ago. Meanwhile, its grain imports also reached 164 million tons last year, including 90 million tons of soybeans, according to media reports. So why is that? Actually, one reason would be over the past decade, per capita meat consumption in China has increased by 35%. And that actually led to a growth in green feed, which drives the green imports of China. So I would say that represents a very subtle yet very important correlation between people's dietary, I mean, daily dietary habits to the very bigger picture food imports of the whole country. Indeed. And also, this is a global story to trace, you know, from the fertilizer, the seeds to the farmer in the source country to plant the grain to 
harvesting to it being shipped to different ports and uh, clearing the tariffs to come into one country and finally land on our dinner table. It is quite the remarkable journey. And China's 45 years journey from a closed economy to the dual status of the world's largest exporter and food importer is intricately linked to the visionary policies of reform and opening up. This policy shift towards market-oriented policies allowed for greater efficiency, innovation, and integration into the global economic system. These policies have unleashed the potential of China's economy, connecting it with the world and contributing to the intricate tapestry of global trade and economic relationships.